0: Hello friends and welcome to Living the Eye Life. You guys are probably wondering, man, we haven't heard from Lisa for about 4 weeks now. Where in the heck has she been? So, I'll get into that in just a minute, but of course, before every episode, we always start with the disclaimer. I did not go to school to be a licensed clinician, psychiatrist, psychologist, or anything related to the mental health that requires a credential to treat patients. I can only speak on my experiences, so please, if you are in need of mental health services, please contact a professional. Hey friends, so everybody's probably wondering where in the heck I've been. Okay, so the past four weeks have been crazy. Um, I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, So in a nutshell, I quit my job. I was taking a couple classes for, because I'm... Some of you guys know, some of you guys don't, but I'm in college right now earning an uh, advanced degree, um, so I'm at the point of my studies right now where there are some classes that I put off taking for so long, and now it's so point that I could not put them off for any longer. So long story short, I've been dealing with uh, ethical philosophy for the past five weeks, and it's been miserable, I'll be honest, however I made it through. Um, Let's see, I already said that I quit my job, um, but let's not be confused. I didn't quit my job without having one to go to, Um, so I did start with this new organization last week. Um, It's still in my same field, but it's more of an advanced position than what I've had in the past. Um, So I'm going back to some strategic planning elements um, of my career You know, I took a year off from from my norm uh, because I needed that mental health break to kind of get myself back on track to kind of refocus and really be able to bring my passion back into what I love doing, which is health and safety management. So ended up finding this great new job, which is a half a mile from my house. What, What? So that's super exciting. Um... I'm on week two, everybody's super, super nice, so I'm getting acclimated right now. Ha- been having a lot of meetings, things like that, um, so those two things have been keeping me pretty busy. Um, I have been a little discouraged because, you know, as I took my break from my podcast, you know, I was sitting here thinking to myself, man, I really need to record, I really need to record, Lisa, get up and go record, Lisa, go record, do it, do it, do it. So, you know, I'm all about signs, you know, and I'm all about, you know, listening to the things that are around you and taking things for what they are. So tonight um, I had therapy and then I went to set, sit on my couch and just watch TV because I was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to do anything today. I'm just going to watch TV. For whatever reason, my TV won't, well, my TV will come on, but Discovery Plus won't work for some reason, which is so strange. So I really believe that that is Alonsia's way of telling me, mom, get off your ass, go record an episode because people are really missing you and people really want to hear what you have to say. So maybe it's just me telling myself that and I'm just putting it on Alonsia, but nonetheless, I still missed recording the past episode. four weeks or so. Okay. So today's episode, I want to talk about how you lie to yourself every day. So you're probably thinking, Lisa, I don't lie to myself. I am perfectly honest with myself and there's nothing that I say to myself that I don't believe. No, but there is. So how about negative self-talk? Okay. Negative self-talk is a liar. Okay. Um, so like I said, a few minutes ago, I'm taking some college classes and I'm had to take this philosophy class. Okay. Um, first of all, it was a bit misleading because I signed up for ethics (laughs) and turns out I didn't read the description and it was ethical philosophy. So we were talking to all about Aristotle, John Rawls, like all of these people, right? Uh, Plato, Meno, Menno, all, all these people that I'll probably forget about anyway, let's be honest. Um, so anyhow, so as I'm sitting here taking this class, I'm like, man, I hate this class. I can't do this class. I don't understand this class. It's miserable. I'm going to fail it. And guess what? If I end up getting a C in this class, I'm going to be perfectly okay with that. Those of you, <coughs> excuse me, those of you who know me know that I am not okay ever with mediocre. Okay. I am a go-getter. I put my, dig my heels into the ground and I move, okay? And whenever I move, I move fast. So for me to say I'll accept a C is like me saying, hey, hold my phone, I'm gonna go jump off of the bridge down the street from my house, okay? You'll never hear me say that. So why am I sitting here saying that I can't do this philosophy? Well, it was all about my negative self-talk. So as I'm sitting here, you know, saying, man, I can't do this. Uh, This instructor must not like me because, you know, these assignments are so hard. And it's not even like he was singling me out for assignments. Let's be real. There was 20 other people in the class who was getting the same assignments. So as I'm doing these assignments, I'm like, man, I'm the worst. I don't get this. I'm going to fail. I just know that I'm going to fail You know, I'm dumb, I can't do it, why can't I understand this? So all of these negative self-talk that I was giving myself, knowing that I'm a, not to brag, but I'm I'm a pretty smart, intelligent person, right? Um, But for some reason, I just felt like, hey, this sucks, and I'm going to make sure every day of this five weeks suck right along with it. Okay, so how do we identify negative self-talk? So negative self-talk looks different, a little bit different for everybody. But one of the commonalities that people have who negative self-talk are those people who think that they're a failure as soon as they make a mistake. So they're very unforgiving of their own mistakes. And then they start to be critical of themselves because of that certain mistake that they've made. Okay, so the past couple years, I've really had to learn that it's okay to make mistakes. You know, what I do with a mistake now is I identify mis- my mistake. I also identif- identify what I'm gonna do differently next time to make sure that that same mistake does not occur. Whereas before, I would beat that mistake to death, okay? And whatever feelings I had about that mistake would be the same feelings that I would have about myself. So I hated that I made that mistake. But at the same time, I also hated myself for making that mistake. So forgive yourself. Learn how to forgive yourself. That's going to be number one of getting over negative self-talk. So one of the other things that we do, um, and we don't do it on purpose. We really don't. um, So people it's nature it's common nature human nature I'll say for people to compare themselves to other people around them and especially in the day of social media where people you know post that they did this they got that they their kids did this i've done this that whatever okay social media is the root of all evil <clears throat> so they used to say that money is the root of all evil and i can agree with that but i can also say that social media is as well Okay, um, so we got to remember that we can't continue to compare ourselves to people who aren't in our situation. Um, so a lot of the times, you know, and, and I do it, I'll, I'll say I do it, you know, I have a good job, I have a great family, um, I am a pretty good person for the most part, right? But sometimes I can't help but to compare myself to somebody that I'm looking at whenever it comes to social media, if I look at somebody and I'll be like, man, they are so fit. Why can't I just stick to my workout routine? Why can't I have their discipline? Why can't I eat right all the time the way that they do? La-da-da-da-da-da-da. Why, what if, what if, what if, what if? But then that same person may be looking at me and saying, man, you know what? Lisa's resilient. You know, if I would have went through what Lisa went through, you know, I probably wouldn't have made it, okay? And I'm not saying anybody's looking at me in that way because I do not know that, Um But it's comparing yourself and to those people who you see on social media. And let's be honest, people only allow other people to see what they want them to see. Okay, during my deepest, darkest days of grief, you know, I was all smiles on my social media. You couldn't have guessed that my daughter just died three months ago. Because it's like I had on this front that I was taking over the world. I was doing great. Everything was happy. La-da-da, this and that, whatever else. Okay, Um. fast forward about six months after that, whenever my sister-in-law died. So my sister-in-law, as you guys know, passed away unexpectedly nine months after my daughter. So sister-in-law passes away. I get super, super, super depressed. And then... That's when my grief started coming out on social media. People saw my grief and they saw my real heavy, deep burden grief, okay? At that time, I couldn't control it. I just put it all out there for anybody to see and I did not care, okay? But just six months prior, you know, I was happy. I was loving life. I was living. I was doing this. I was doing that and whatever, you know? So I only allowed people to see what I wanted them to see because I wanted people to think that I was okay. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter what anybody else thought of how I was grieving or my reactions or how I was living. Um, But for whatever reason, at that point in time, I felt that that was important to put out there. So that goes back to me saying that you can never compare yourself to what you see on social media Because 9 out of 10 times, that's a front anyway, okay? I'm on social media a lot, and I'll say that it's probably my guilty pleasure. I'll also say that I hate social media because it does nasty, terrible things to people. Okay, so let's talk about some steps on how to stop negative self-talk. So the first thing that you need to do is you need to identify what type of negative self-ta- self-talk habits that you have. Are your self-talk habits around a certain event, certain situations, um, cer- certain physical characteristics about yourself? What exactly are they? I'll say personally, one of the negative self-talks that I have is definitely my physical fitness and my features. Um, just because I, my weight has always went up, always went down, always went up, always went down. So I'm going to say if there's anything that I am the most insecure about, it's definitely my weight. Okay, um, So I get super proud of myself whenever I'm staying fit, whenever I'm staying active, whenever I'm staying slender. But once whenever I hit a certain mark, man, do I start talking about my body. Do I hate talking about my body? Oh my God, do I hate my body whenever that happens. So those are my negative self-talk. So mine is typically based around my weight and and what I look like physically. Now, let's not lie, I got a great personality (laughs) that makes up for my my, uh, physical flaws, but um, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm working on my negative self-talk, believe it or not. Okay, so the second step is to replace those thoughts with those that are more positive ones. Okay, so if I start thinking about, oh man, you know what, my jeans are feeling too tight today. I can't wear these jeans because I've gained too much weight. Oh, you know what, hold on a second. I have these jeans that I really love, but I haven't been able to wear them because they've been too big. Let me put them on. So you see how I took the negative, how my jeans weren't fitting me, that was negative and I was super down about it, but then I remembered, oh yeah, hey, I have something that can replace these that still make me feel good. So replacing whatever that negative thought or that negative action is with something that's going to be more positive. So am I going to feel great in these jeans even though they're a little bit better? Yeah, because I love them and I love the way that I look in them, right? Um, Is it going to take me out of that moment of getting down on myself because my jeans that I did have on were feeling a little too tight? Absolutely. So the third step is acting on those positive thoughts and not letting your negative self-talk stop you from achieving your goals. Okay? So not letting negative self-talk keep you from achieving your goals. So let's rewind back whenever I was talking about the philosophy class and how I hated it and I hated everything about it and la-da-da-da-da, whatever, whatever, right? Um, So I still have a goal, okay? My goal is to finish with this degree in December so I can roll over and start on another degree in January, okay? So as I'm sitting here and I'm like, man, you know, this philosophy class, I just want to quit. But then I'm like, hold up, wait, Lisa, wait. You cannot quit, first of all, because you have come way too far to let one class hold you back. So I I then had to start amping myself up and pumping myself up, right? Where I'm like, man, I'll be graduating in December and I've already submitted my application for my next program um, that will start in January. So let me focus on that. Okay, and you guys have to hold tight because at the very end of this podcast, I'm going to let you guys know what my final grade for that philosophy class was. You're going to be shocked. Um, So anyhow, so, uh, you know, stop letting the negative thoughts um, prohibit you from reaching your goals. Remember what your end goal is. And is this struggle that you're going through right now, is it temporary or is it something that's going to hold you back altogether? Is it going to be something that you allow to completely throw you off track? What is it? Is it going to be worth it if you just up and quit whatever it is that your goal is? Uh, Likely not, right? So let's remember all of those positive things that we've gone through to get to where we are now. Okay, so while we're sitting here negative self-talking ourselves, you know that that's going to have a long-lasting impact on our mental health and well-being, right? Because the more that you hear something or the more that you say something, you start believing it. So as I was going through my grief and I was doing some really crappy things to those people around me, You know, I was like, man, you know, I'm a terrible person. I don't deserve all of this. I don't deserve these people in my life. I just deserve just to be by myself and, you know, carrying on in that way, right? So eventually I started believing that. And as I started believing how bad of a person I was and how much I sucked, you know, I started believing that. Okay, and the more that I believed it, the more I would start self-sabotaging. So I know that in one of my previous episodes, I did talk about during my mental health struggles and my grief, one of my vices was, was that I drank too much. You know, I drank entirely, entirely way too much. And why did I drink too much? Well, I drank too much for one, to forget forget and I say that in air quotes about the things that I went through and the trauma that I went through with the loss of my daughter and the loss of my sister-in-law and even the trauma of my childhood. You know I started um, you know really kind of reminiscing on that and, and covering that pain up by drinking as well. So the more that I was drinking the more I was feeling down about myself and the more that I was feeling down about myself. The more I was drinking. The more I was drinking. The more I was feeling down about myself. And on and on and on and on. So it was like a vicious cycle, right? So the more that I would feel down about myself, the more I would punish myself with drinking. Um. So… Of course, whenever you're drinking, you feel good at the time. But then in the morning, you wake up and you're like, man, I'm a terrible person because I drank again. And why did I drink again? Oh, it's because I was a terrible person because of the things that I do to people around me. And, you know, I don't deserve anything. And So it was a vicious cycle, right? So I punished myself by drinking. Now, like I told you guys before, I'll still have a drink every now and then or a couple drinks every now and then. But it's not nearly like it was before. You know, and now I don't relate drinking to all the bad qualities that I felt about myself, you know, a year ago, a year and a half ago, a year and a half ish ago, right? Um, So, negative self talk leads you to do things to punish yourself, uh, leads you to restrict yourself, leads you to overindulge in things that you shouldn't um, be partaking in. And some of the times, even negative self talk will lead you to be around people who are, who are also negative and who don't feel good about themselves either. Because what do they always say? Birds of a feather do what? They flock together. So me being me, so let's talk about how we are going to stop this negative self-talk. So like, this, like I said earlier, we have to first learn how to forgive ourselves for the things and the mistakes that we've made in the past. So forgiveness is always going to be key. So after you've forgiven yourself and truly forgiven yourself for mistakes that you've made in the past, I want you to start working on building your self-esteem. So what is it that makes you happy? You know, what is it that you can do that nobody can take away from you? Okay, so that doesn't mean that you're going to want to ignore the problems that you have in your life, but you're going to find ways where you will be able to adapt to struggles that you have. Um, so one of the things that I like to do to build my self-esteem, honestly, has really been this podcast, okay? I feel really good as I'm recording the podcast. I feel really good whenever I get it published, and then I feel really good with the feedback that I get back, okay? Um, Not because I like to hear about myself, or not because I like to hear myself talk, but I have built my self-esteem in a way that hey, I've overcame so much and now I'm able to help other people. So with that self-esteem, I can now give my experiences to people in hopes that, you know, I'll be able to help them kind of turn their lives around and turn their grief into something more than just, you know, uh, alcohol and tears. Um, to, to say that very loosely, So building your self-esteem is going to be number two behind forgiveness. Um, You're also going to want to learn things to take care of yourself. Okay, so taking care of yourself isn't drinking every day. It's really not. Taking care of yourself isn't having exuberant spending habits to cover up your pain. That's also not taking care of yourself. Taking care of yourself isn't going out and, you know, doing things to other people that make them feel, feel bad about themselves to make you feel better about yours. Okay, um, so some of the things that I do to take care of myself is that I go out on three walks a day with my dear dog, Luther Wayne. We walk three times a day, 20 minutes a day. So for an hour, we are outside and we're walking. Okay. Um this gives me the opportunity to take in the fresh air around me, um to really feel the 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 air against my skin, to be able to hear the nature that's going on around me as well, and to really um, you know, show some gratitude for those those things that are around me, some of the natural things around me. Okay? So, some of you guys might say, "Oh, you know, taking care of myself means going to the gym." Okay, girl, guy, go to that gym, but guess who you won't be seeing there? You probably won't be seeing me. I'll be out here walking with Luther Wayne. <laughs> so taking care of yourself looks different for, other, for, for everybody, right? My self-care isn't going to look like your self-care, and just like your self-care isn't going to look like mine. But the end result should always be the same. You're feeling good, and you're doing things that are making you feel like you again. So choose positive self-talk. So, I talked about kind of combating some of that uh, negative self-talk with positive self-talk. Um, you know, like I said, whenever I'm going through my body issues, I mean, even whenever I was at the smallest that, that I've ever been in my life, which it was probably four or five years ago, um, I was the smallest that I had ever been in my life, right? But I... Really thought I looked good. Well, I'm not going to lie. I did look good. <laughs> but anyhow, um, so I could, I could positive self-talk myself all day long whenever things were going my way. But now that I am at a heavier weight right now, I'm having to find things about myself that I really enjoy. Um, so I really enjoy my personality. Um, I love the way that I love other people. I love my independence. Um, I do have a pretty face no matter what size I am. <laughs> and I just really love other people. Okay, so instead of focusing so much on my weight, I'm going to focus on those things about myself that can't nobody else take away from me. So, and I'm going to choose to focus on those. Some people, you may or may not agree with this, but some people are really for positive affirmations. Okay, so life is good today today. Um, I live each day to the fullest, life is what I make of it, and I appreciate my life. Now, you either really love affirmations or you hate affirmations. There's no right or wrong answer there. For me, sometimes I can think, I I believe that some affirmations can be rather hokey myself. Um, But I definitely do uh, wake up and I let myself know, hey, you're going to have a good day today, it's going to be a great day, and things are just going to roll off your back. Right. Um, So instead of talking about how much the day is going to suck and how I got all these other things going on and how I'm going to be distracted, I always wake up and let myself know that it is going to be a good day. I don't get super corny. I don't get super cheesy whenever it comes to affirmations. I don't look at my affirmations as the Facebook quotes or memes, whatever you want to call them. Those aren't my affirmations. (laughs) Those are feel good quotes. Not so much affirmations for me. Um. So monitor your thoughts. Also, okay. So one of the things about correcting your self-talk, like we uh, discussed earlier, is is monitoring your thoughts and identifying what it is about yourself that you like to self-talk about. Identify what your triggers are that make your negative thoughts start going. Um, Identify what are some stressors, okay? But then also after you identify those things, then you can develop and come up with your own strategies to reduce or eliminate the effects of those triggers. Okay, so sometimes writing down a positive list of positive statements about oneself can have a positive effect so um keep in mind you know if, if if you notice hey every time this happens i think this way about myself anytime that happens i feel this other way about myself so try to make notes of those and not just mental notes try to write those down in a journal last but not least my very favorite is to consider therapy Um, i am a huge advocate for therapy okay and one of the studies that i'm looking at said a 2013 study found that people treated with metacognitive therapy reported reduced negative thoughts and less severe OCD symptoms compared to those treated with medication. So sometimes just talking, okay, can help you work through, um, you know, can help you work through some of your negative self-talk. Um, so just to give you an example of mine, so... I don't have a super positive relationship with my father um, for it, nobody's fault of anybody's own. I just have to learn to accept people for who they are and not who I want them to be, right? Um, so today, my therapy session, I talked pretty heavily about my father, you know, and some of the things that go on with me and him that I don't like and that don't make me feel good about myself. And, you know, at the very beginning, I was crying, you know, because I don't want things to be that way. But unfortunately, they are, you know, and they're never probably ultimately going to end up changing. Um, So just after talking to my therapist for 30 minutes about my dad, okay, guess what? I said what I had to say. I felt the emotion. I got it out. Now let's move on. So sometimes just finding that person that you can talk to um, I do recommend a therapist um, because our friends sometimes will tell us what we want to hear, not what we need to hear, um, unless you have a really, you know, in-tune friend who knows what you need. Um, so therapy is always going to be not my number one go-to whenever it comes to combating any type of mental health struggles that I'm having, including negative self-talk. Okay, friends, so we are coming to the end of um, this episode, so I hope you guys really got some good insight on negative self-talk and how you can identify your triggers, and then also what negative self-talk does to your mental health, and we also discussed some strategies on how you can um, combat that negative self-talk and the cycle of that self-talk. Um, so. Drumroll, please, the moment you guys have all been waiting for. What grade did I get in that philosophy class? I got an A. So I ended up with a 91.3% or something. So whenever I was about midway in that class, I was like, man, Lisa, stop thinking this way. You can do it. I know you can do it. And just like that, guess what? I was doing it. And I was doing it like I never thought that I could. So with that, friends, I would like you guys to please... Uh, Please, please, please love yourself, give yourself a pat on the back, and always remember to live the eye life.